Welcome to the Cancer Care Connect workshop. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. During the workshop, you will hear from our panel of expert speakers. We will allow time for questions and comments following the presentation. Instructions will be given at that time. If anyone should require operator assistance during the workshop, please press star and then zero on your touchtone telephone. As a reminder, this workshop is being recorded. I would now like to introduce your moderator for today's workshop, Dr. Carolyn Messner, Director of Education and Training at Cancer Care. Please go ahead. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Candace. I, too, would like to welcome everyone to today's workshop update on CAR T-cell therapy for people living with lymphoma. And I must say that your response to this program has been phenomenal. And this is a collaborative effort between the Lymphoma Research Foundation and Cancer Care. We've been partnering together on lymphoma-related programs for over 15 years. Um, and I have to say the response to this program has been uh, really astounding. Um, we also, um, there are a number of other organizations that help to promote the program, tell people about it. Um, but I have to say the Lymphoma Research Foundation has really um, taken the lead in both helping to organize it and, and to um, structure it. Really has been the architect for it. Uh, certainly I'll talk later about Peggy and Tony about this. Um, but we have on the call today over 1,132 people on the call. It's a very large call. And we have people from all over the United States, from both rural, urban, and suburban areas. And we also have a number of international participants, and I'm going to read off the countries, Australia, Bangladesh, Canada, Croatia, France, India, Ireland, Italy, Mexico, New Zealand, Pakistan, Poland, Taiwan, Turkey, United Kingdom, and Venezuela. Um, and it is really a credit to all of you that you've chosen to spend this next time, this next hour with us. Today's program is supported through unrestricted educational grants to the Lymphoma Research Foundation from Celgene Corporation, Juno Therapeutics, a Celgene company, Kite Pharma, a Gilead company, and Novartis Oncology. And we want to thank them for their support of the program today. Now, we have wonderful speakers on our program today, and I'm going to begin by introducing our first speaker. And our first speaker is Dr. Nancy Bartlett. Dr. Bartlett is Coleman Chair in Medical Oncology, Professor, Department of Medicine, Oncology Division, Medical Oncology, Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. And Dr. Bartlett is going to be addressing an overview of CAR T cell therapy, understanding CARs or chimeric antigen receptors, discussion of CAR T cell therapy, when to consider CAR T cell therapy as a treatment option for lymphoma, and the benefits of CAR T cell therapy. So it's now my great pleasure to turn this program over to my esteemed colleague, Dr. Bartlett. Thank you very much, and good afternoon. Uh, it's a real pleasure to be on the phone today to discuss the use of CAR T cells to treat lymphoma. And so just by way of overview, CAR T cells are a new personalized cancer therapy that uses cells from a patient's own immune system to target lymphoma. So the premise behind CAR T cell therapy is to modify a patient's own T cells to help them recognize cancer cells better in order to more effectively destroy those cells. CAR T cell therapy is approved by the FDA and is commercially available for only two indications currently. One of those is acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which is a, most often a childhood leukemia. And then more pertinent to this audience is the uh, B-cell lymphoma, specifically diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, which is a type of aggressive B-cell lymphoma. The first CAR T-cell treatment was approved for lymphoma a little more than a year ago, and a second agent just approved earlier this year. So the two commercial agents that are available are Yescarta and Camraya, and there are subtle differences between these two products, and so the choice of, of which one to use is usually made by the CAR T-cell doctor at each institution where the patients are being treated. There are clinical trials ongoing to look at CAR T-cell therapy in a variety of B-cell lymphomas, so not just the diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. And I think Dr. Palumba is going to um, touch on that a little bit later in this, section, in this session. And CAR T-cells have been highly effective treatments in some patients who have been resistant to all other types of treatment. Um, I think we have to add that it's currently a very expensive treatment with the total expenses for the procedure being somewhere between $500,000 and $800,000 per patient. Um, so we have a little ways to go in that regard as well. So what are CAR T-cells? 
And uh, so just by way of background, T cells, to let everyone know, are part of our own immune system that normally is involved in killing lymphoma cells. And the CARs are a better way for the T cells to recognize the lymphoma cells and kill them. So first start by defining the term CAR, which stands for chimeric antigen receptor. So I'm going to start with the R first in CAR, which is the receptor. And that's part of the immune cell, so in this case, part of the T cell that's going to bind to the target on the lymphoma cell. And the A in CAR is antigen, uh, which is actually the target on the lymphoma cell. So ideally for safety, you want the CAR T cells to target the proteins or antigens that are expressed only on tumor cells and not on healthy cells. However, it's very difficult to identify a target like that because cancer cells uh, were once a normal cell. So there's a lot of overlap between targets on cancer cells and normal cells. The antigen that's targeted on the current approved CAR T cell treatments for lymphoma is something called CD19, uh, which is present on the surface of nearly all B cell lymphomas, but also present on our normal B cells. So after you get this treatment, some of the normal B cells are also temporarily destroyed. Uh, those do recover, uh, but that is part of the reason that there are side effects associated to this treatment. And there are many different targets that are now being explored and lymphoma. And then finally, the C in CAR stands for chimeric, which um, is a word that means joining two parts together. So in the case of CARs, we're combining two functions into one receptor. The first function is to target the lymphoma, and the second function is to actually activate the T cell uh, to kill the target. So a little bit more about the logistics of how the CAR T cells are made. Uh, first, the T cells have to be collected from the patient who has lymphoma, and this procedure of collecting the T cells is called apheresis. So the patient's blood is withdrawn uh, through a catheter that's usually placed underneath the collarbone, and the the white blood cells are separated out uh, in a machine that looks very much like a dialysis machine. So the patient is sitting in a recliner and their catheter is hooked up to the machine and the blood is coming off and then the machine separates out the stems of the white blood cells and the rest, are, the rest of the blood is then given back to the patient. That procedure just takes a few hours and is usually done as an outpatient. And then those white blood cells that were separated from the blood are sent fresh to a laboratory or a drug manufacturing facility where the T cells are separated from other white blood cells. And then the T cells are genetically engineered or changed uh, by introducing DNA into them that then produces this CAR or chimeric antigen receptor on the surface of the T cell. So then these re-engineered CAR T cells that are now smart T cells that know how to find the lymphoma are grown or expanded in the laboratory. And when there's enough of them, it usually takes more than 100 million of these cells, the CAR T cells are frozen and sent back to the hospital or the center where the patient is being treated. And this process of CAR T cell manufacturing usually takes anywhere from two to four weeks. So during that time when the CAR T cells are being made, uh, the patient usually is given chemotherapy uh, to create a more favorable environment in the patient's body for the CAR T cells. So initially when they were doing CAR T cell treatments, they didn't give any chemotherapy, and what would happen is the CAR T cells would be infused into the patient and then their immune system would destroy those CAR T cells before they had a chance to work. So now they give usually three to five days of what they call lymphodepleting chemotherapy, and that almost always includes a drug called fludarabine, which is very effective at killing the normal T cells temporarily so that they don't attack the CAR T cells which are when they're infused back into the body. And again, it takes, it's usually three to five days, and that's outpatient chemotherapy. And so then once the cells arrive back at the hospital, they are kept frozen until it's ready for infusion. And at the hospital or treatment center, the CAR T cells are then thawed and infused into the patient over about 30 minutes. And some centers are equipped to do this procedure as an outpatient. 
but at least at our institution, I think most institutions are still admitting patients for about a week to have their procedure. And whether the procedure is done inpatient or outpatient, it requires very careful monitoring for several weeks um, to watch for and treat potential side effects, which again, I think Dr. Palumbo will address uh, shortly. And so the killing of the lymphoma cells by CAR T cells begins almost immediately after the infusion, so the side effects can come on very quickly, sometimes within a few hours or certainly within a day or two of the infusion. And again, we'll hear more about what those side effects are. And a small number of the CAR T cells may remain in the body for months after the infusion has been completed. There's a lot of work being done on this. We don't actually know how long you need to have the CAR T cells hanging around, if you will, in order to um, stay in remission after this treatment. So then after the CAR T cell therapy, the patients usually have new scans about four weeks after the treatment to see if it's working. And again, I can't emphasize enough that patients require close monitoring for several weeks and really intermittent monitoring for up to a year after the treatment. So when do we consider CAR T cell therapy as a treatment option for lymphoma? It's currently only approved for aggressive B-cell lymphomas, specifically diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, and another type of aggressive lymphoma called high-grade B-cell lymphoma. And the lymphoma has to have relapsed or come back after at least two previous types of chemotherapy. It usually takes at least a month, sometimes two, to get insurance approval, to collect the T cells, to manufacture the CAR T cells. So we really only consider this option if a patient is healthy enough to have a several week delay before receiving the treatment. And it is important to consider this option um, before someone is very sick from their lymphoma. So this is not a treatment option or not a, a possibility for patients who have very serious um, other medical problems like, for instance, congestive heart failure or bad emphysema or kidney problems because the procedure is just too toxic in patients who have those underlying medical problems. Um, there's no absolute upper age limit for patients who could be considered for CAR T cell therapy, although I will tell you in my experience that um, patients over 80 are less likely to be appropriate candidates um, for this type of a treatment due to the potential serious side effects and also oftentimes due to underlying medical problems that those patients might have. Also important to point out that this type of therapy is currently only available at large university hospitals that also have bone marrow transplant programs. So if a patient, it's important to know if a patient has the ability to travel out to a specialized center before you consider this, this approach. And then um, for patients who don't have the type of lymphoma that's currently approved for CAR T cell therapy, I think it's certainly um, important to consider this as an option if there are clinical trials available using um, CAR T cells for other types of B cell lymphoma. So treating physicians can usually be very helpful in terms of trying to identify those, those options for patients. So in terms of the benefits of CAR T cell therapy, it's really uh, a very novel treatment that works in a way that's completely different than chemotherapy. It offers a new option for patients whose lymphomas have been resistant to uh, approved treatments for lymphoma. And oftentimes, if lymphoma is resistant to one form of chemotherapy, it's more likely to be resistant to other forms of chemotherapy. And most of the sort of old-fashioned chemotherapy drugs, if you will, are in some ways related to each other. So it's really um, wonderful to have a new therapy that attacks lymphoma cells in a completely different mechanism. Um, so CAR T cell therapy offers hope where, where we haven't had hope in the past for patients who have resistant types of lymphoma. The other potential benefit for something like CAR T cell therapy is that um, after the CAR T cells are infused, we usually get a very rapid response. So patients who have aggressive forms of lymphoma and leukemia who can't always wait for a response. Um, 
uh, have a better chance with this because some types of immunotherapy or some of the new targeted therapies, which are very effective, tend to work more slowly over several weeks or several months. And a person with a slow-growing lymphoma, that that might be fine. So in summary, CAR T-cell therapy has the potential to cure some patients who would not have otherwise been cured with our existing treatments and hold promise for use in other forms of lymphoma, um, perhaps may even be used in the future instead of some of our existing toxic treatments, such as stem cell transplant. So this concludes my remarks, and I'll turn it back over to Carolyn, and at the end, I'm happy to answer any questions. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Bartlett. That was really outstanding. Uh, just a wonderful overview of CAR T-cell therapy and all the details, really so helpful to everyone. And I know there'll be questions for you during the Q&A, so thank you very much. Um, and our next speaker is Dr. Um, Amelia Palumba, and Dr. Palumba is a hematologist-oncologist at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. She is also Associate Professor of Clinical Medicine, Joan and Stanford I. Weil Department of Medicine, Law Cornell Medical College. And Dr. Palumba is going to be addressing updates on clinical trials for CAR T-cell therapy, specific examples of how, how CAR T-cell therapy may contribute to your, to your lymphoma treatment options, managing potential side effects, the benefits of CAR T-cell therapy, and key questions to ask your healthcare team about CAR T-cell therapy, including follow-up care and what to expect. It's really my great pleasure now to turn this program over to my esteemed colleague, Dr. Palumba. Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to thank the Lymphoma Research Foundation for organizing this uh, initiative, which hopefully will help patients with lymphoma and their family understand how we, the clinicians, think about CAR T-cell therapy. Also, many thanks to Dr. Bartlett for her superb introduction, explaining what CAR T-cells are, how they work, and when they should be considered as an option in a patient's uh, uh, choices of therapy. Something that uh, most people don't realize is that even though the CAR T-cell therapy has become an established therapy for lymphoma only in the past two or three years, uh, there is a lot of research that goes back uh, almost uh, or a decade or more, actually. And the first report of uh, CD19 CAR T-cells, which was uh, uh, were given to a patient with follicular lymphoma who had relapsed after many therapies, was published already back in 2010 by researchers from the NCI, the National Cancer Institute. That report was fundamental uh, because it demonstrated that a new type of immunotherapy using patients' own immune cells was able to eliminate lymphoma that had not responded to standard therapy. Over the next five years, uh, some impressive results were published uh, for adults and children with acute lymphoblastic leukemia and for adults with chronic lymphocytic leukemia. All these studies demonstrated that CAR T-cell therapy was feasible despite the complexity of the manufacturing process uh, as explained uh, earlier by Dr. Bartlett and that they were active. Uh, in 2015, the same uh, National Cancer Institute group uh, who had published the initial report in 2010 reported on 15 more patients with diffuse arch cell lymphoma, uh, follicular lymphoma, and CLL. And of those 15 patients, eight achieved a complete remission, meaning the lymphoma was no longer detectable in the bone marrow in the lymph nodes. The responses lasted between 9 and 20, uh, 22 months. Uh, the car used in that study contained a fragment of uh, uh, two proteins called CD28 and CD3, um, which help uh, activate the T cells. Uh, later on, uh, researchers at uh, uh, the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center published results of a study of 32 patients, uh, again with various types of lymphoma, treated with uh, T-cells that had been engineered to express a slightly different CAR. The difference between the two CARs was in one of the two stimulatory proteins. So instead of the CD28, this CAR contained another protein called 41BB, which similarly to CD28 has the function of simulating the T-cells. Again, very high responses rate were seen, confirming that the CAR T-cells therapy can be very powerful. Uh, then in 2017, a third group of researchers, this time from the University of Pennsylvania, 
reported on 28 patients also treated with a CAR that contained, again, the 4-1-BB protein. And again, they had a very high response rate uh, in also, also half of the patients. So the success um, obtained in this relatively small studies, which are all done at a single center, was really the basis for de designing three large studies um, that were conducted at many centers, most in the United States, but there were some international centers as well. Uh, one of which has been published, it's called the ZUMA-1 trial. The other two were only uh, presented as, as oral presentations at major meetings, and they're called the Juliet one and the Transcend trial. Uh, the success of two of these studies resulted in the FDA approval of the first CAR T-cell products. Uh, one is the, by Kite um, and is also known as ESCARTA, one made by Novartis uh, called uh, Kimraya. The third type is the one uh, made by Juno. It's called Lysocell, and it's expected to be approved in uh, probably in the spring of 2019. So it's impossible to compare these three major studies. Uh, there were too many differences in, in, in the chemotherapy that was given before the T-cell infusion, the type of CAR itself, and many other variables. But the results uh, in terms of e efficacy in the end were very comparable. Um, the overall responses, which means um, complete and partial responses were quite high. Uh, at about four weeks after the infusion in about 70 to 80% uh, of patients. Uh, however, these responses tend to decrease, and by the third month after the infusion and even up to six months, uh, they are quite lower, uh, and about 37 to 49% of the patients are in complete remission at six months. Uh, what's interesting is that, is that uh, once that six-month mark has been reached, it seems that the relapses are actually quite rare. Uh, we are uh, waiting to see uh, more updates on these studies in two weeks at the uh, American Society of Hematology meeting in San Diego. Uh, what um, was unquestionably, uh, unquestionably different uh, among the three CAR T-cell trials was the incidence of side effects. Um, and this might be related to the stimulatory protein in, a, in the different CAR, which as I said is uh, either CD28 or 41VB, but it's really unclear uh, so far. Um, patients who were included in the clinical trials that I just described had received many therapies in the past, and sometimes that included a transplant either by their own stem cells or from donor stem cells. And the question now is, what is the right time to use CAR T cells as the next therapy? Uh, when a patient, for instance, with diffuse ARCHP cell lymphoma relapses after the initial chemotherapy, we know the standard treatment is high-dose chemotherapy and an autologous stem cell transplant. But what if instead of the autologous transplant, the patient received CAR T cells? Would it work better or would it be maybe less toxic? We don't know the answer to that question, but uh, fortunately we as well as many others are exploring that possibility. So we are comparing um, in clinical trials uh, the standard treatment to CAR T cells. And hopefully in a couple of years, we will have at least a hint of uh, which treatment is the winner. Until then, uh, the CAR T cell therapies are only available for patients uh, who have diffuse RGB cell lymphoma or transformed follicular lymphoma or high-grade lymphoma, uh, and they must have failed at least two prior therapies. Um, and patients who have, you know, other uh, diseases, uh, they might be able to be treated with CAR T cells, but they will need to be treated on clinical trials. So in terms of the potential side effects, there are two major side effects of CAR T cell therapy, and they are called CRS and neurotoxicity. The first one um, is due to the release of substances in the bloodstream once the T cells are activated in response to encountering the antigen on the lymphoma cells. 
the substances are called cytokines, uh, and the uh, syndrome is called cytokine release syndrome. And basically, when the cytokines are in a, at a certain level in the blood, they cause symptoms that are reminiscent of the flu. So they include fever, chills, shaking chills, body aches, malaise, um, and sometimes it can be even more severe and uh, a drop in blood pressure can be seen and uh, that can be mild and responding to IV fluids or it can be more severe requiring medications uh, to bring it back to normal levels. And these medications are given in the intensive care unit under very close supervision. Um, and sometimes it happens that the patient requires uh, intubation to help, help him breathe. Fortunately, we have antidotes for severe CRS. There are uh, medicine called uh, tocilizumab or siltuximab, which block the function of the mediator of the main mediator of this uh, syndrome, which is called IL-6. The second my, uh, side effect is neurotoxicity patient can become slightly confused or have some difficulty naming things or develop tremors uh, all the way to be fully incapacitated or even having a seizure. This is the most frightening side effect of CAR T cells and it is very difficult usually for family members to witness these episodes. But again, fortunately, we have um, an antidote, in this case is steroids, uh, and uh, most of the times patients uh, within a few days go back to their normal self, um, and um, sometimes it can take a little longer, but uh, it's usually reversible. There are other side effects, um, like low counts, which can be prolonged and uh, uh, sometimes require transfusions or antibiotics to decrease the risk of infection. Um, and then in terms of uh, uh, follow-up, uh, so if your physician recommends CAR T-cell therapy as your best treatment, of option, uh, treatment option, you should make sure that you understand what the whole process entails. First of all, it is mandatory for patients to live close to the hospital. We usually recommend within one year. Also, to have a caretaker available 24 hours a day for the first four weeks after the infusion. In large cities like New York, many patients live further than one hour away. And in that case, we offer a variety of lodging, uh, lodging solutions uh, for the patient and the caretaker. Um, and, uh, however, for patients who are young and fit, we at Memorial, we are actually offering CAR T cells um, as an outpatient treatment. Uh, but again, we do want the patients to stay close to the hospital for the first uh, uh, four weeks and to be supervised at all times. In terms of follow-up, the first scan is usually performed at four weeks after the infusion, and that scan is very telling because we know that patients who scan uh, does not show at least a partial response at that time are unlikely to respond later. However, some patients achieve a partial response at, at that four weeks time point and they can still convert to a complete response a couple of months uh, uh, later. So um, we recommend uh, that the patients uh, uh, are seen uh, uh, every three months and uh, uh, that the CAT scan is also due uh, every three months for the first uh, um, uh, year. Um, and uh, during the first three months, patients also require to continue their antibiotic prophylaxis. Some patients also require IV immunoglobulins um, to boost their immune system. So CAR T cells really are not without risk, uh, and the risk and benefits uh, should be considered and discussed with the patients before considering this option. Uh, but right now I think they have a big advantage, and the big advantage is that they are a one-time treatment. We know that patients at this stage uh, who go on a clinical trials, uh, trial, they're usually on treatment until they progress. In this case, there is a real chance of having a long uh, and maybe curative option um, with a one-time treatment. 
However, there are many fundamental questions that remain. Uh, first of all, how can we make this therapy less toxic and more active? Um, and we and others are trying to find ways uh, to make the infused cells live longer, do a better job at killing the lymphoma cells. Um, so that's all I have to say for now. I'm happy to take questions, and I'd like to turn it back to Carolyn. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Palumba. That was really, again, wonderful, excellent presentation. And um, and also uh, going over the details of the side effects and, and how to manage um, the the, uh, the CAR T-cell um, therapy. So very helpful. I know there'll be questions for you during the Q&A as well. And our next speaker is Ms. Peggy Interney. And Ms. Turney is Chief Strategy, Communications, and Engagement Officer from Pharma Research Foundation. And Ms. Turney is going to present to you information about the Lymphoma Research Foundation's free programs and conferences. And it's really my great pleasure now to turn this program over to my esteemed colleague and actually the architect of today's program, um, Ms. Peggy M. Turney. Oh, thank you so much, Carolyn. And thank you to Cancer Care for your continued partnership. I'd also like to thank our expert faculty, Dr. Bartlett and Dr. Palomba, for sharing your time and expertise with all of us today. I'd also like to acknowledge our sponsors, Celgene, Juno Therapeutics, a Celgene company, Kite Pharma, a Gilead company, and Novartis Oncology, who support me today's call possible. Most importantly, though, I would like to thank each of you for joining us on today's teleconference. If you have any questions about the information you learned today, I want you to know that the Lymphoma Research Foundation is here for you. The Lymphoma Research Foundation is the nation's largest nonprofit dedicated exclusively to lymphoma and our mission is to eradicate this disease and serve all of those touched by it. The Lymphoma Research Foundation is committed to advancing our understanding of lymphoma so that ultimately we can find cures. Our scientific advisory board, which is comprised of 45 of the world's leaders in lymphoma, guide our investment in research, and to date we have funded more than $60 million in lymphoma-specific research. LRF also offers a variety of educational resources so that you can access information in whatever way you may learn best. Whether you are newly diagnosed or seeking help with long-term survivorship, LRF is here for you. The Foundation provides comprehensive disease and treatment-specific resources, programs, and services, all of which are offered free of charge and have been reviewed by lymphoma experts. Most relevant to today's call, LRF offers a variety of CAR-T therapy-specific resources. Our Lymphoma Helpline can answer your specific questions about CAR-T therapy and whether it may be a treatment option for you. Our professionally trained staff members can run individualized clinical trial searches for you related to CAR-T therapy and provide you with a list of questions to take back to your healthcare team regarding this treatment option as well as provide you with information on how to access this treatment. We offer a comprehensive CAR T-cell lymphoma learning center on our website, lymphoma.org slash CAR T-cell, which provides an overview of this treatment option, illustrations of the step-by-step process, and information about the approved therapies, as well as ones under investigation. We also have a dedicated CAR T-cell fact sheet which is a great resource to learn about and really understand this treatment option, its potential side effects, and questions to ask your healthcare team. The fact sheet can be found on our website at lymphoma.org slash CAR T-cell. On our YouTube channel and Facebook page, you can access a video featuring CAR T experts discussing this treatment option, who it might be an appropriate option for, and how it could potentially fit into a larger treatment plan for you. Last, but certainly not least, for those of you who might be looking to give back and get more involved, I would encourage you to join Team LRF. We offer a variety of walks and rides for you to participate in, or you can turn your talents and passions into ways to raise funds for lymphoma research. Through Team LRF, you can meet others who have been impacted by this disease and join a community of individuals committed to impacting lives by finding cures for lymphoma. I really hope that you will take advantage of some of the great resources and services that the Lymphoma Research Foundation provides. If there is one thing that you take away from today's program, please know that the Lymphoma Research Foundation is here for you. Whether you have questions regarding what you learned today about CAR T cell therapy, or you need information about your specific type of lymphoma, 
you can reach out to the Lymphoma Research Foundation through our website at lymphoma.org or by calling our helpline at 1-800-500-9976. Thank you all again for your time today. And with that, I'll turn it back to Carolyn. Oh, thank you so much, Peggy, and that was really wonderful and very informative. And indeed, um, if you haven't already connected to the Lymphoma Research Foundation, please do. They have tremendous resources to help you, and, uh, and as, as Peggy and described. And I'm going to say a few words about Cancer Care as an organization that can provide you some uh, general services as well, and then we're going to take your questions. So some of you are already posting questions, but we will formally, um, Candice will formally announce to all of you how to queue up and ask questions. So start writing down all of your questions so that we can be sure to cover them all um, uh, very soon. Uh, so Cancer Care is a national organization and we provide free psychosocial programs and services. And what does that actually mean? It's a chance to speak to one of our professionally trained oncology social workers and we can help you with a range of, of needs actually and services. Um, so many people call us for an opportunity to talk about their experience in coping with lymphoma, in coping with um, how do they talk to their children about lymphoma, how do they talk to their boss about working while undergoing treatment for lymphoma, um, how do they deal with it themselves. And we have a range of services to do that. Some are individual counseling periods of free, just uh, on the telephone or online. Some are support groups, both on the telephone and online. We have about 138 um, online support groups, and they are for many different populations, for people with lymphoma, for, um, for caregivers, for um, adult children of caregivers, for older persons uh, with lymphoma. So really the whole range of life experience and just all the different issues that people may be struggling with. We also have a Cancer Care for Kids program in which we um, help families and uh, children understand uh, coping with, with uh, lymphoma and cancer as well. Um, and we do offer practical and financial assistance um, um, as well. Um, and uh, we do have many of these, these type of workshops that you're participating in today. And we also have a number of publications that you can access. So uh, a range of services that you can, um, a kind of menu of services that you can choose as you, as you, need, um, as you need them. And you can contact Cancer Care by calling us at 1-800-813-4673, or you can visit our website at www.cancercare.org. And I wanted to say that all the resources we mentioned during the program today will also be available to all of you um, when you get your evaluation at the end of the program. We'll be listing all the resources we've mentioned so that um, you don't have to copiously write everything down. You'll be getting all this information at the end. And now we do have time for questions. We have a lot of time for questions. So I'm going to ask Candace to explain to you how to cure for questions and let the questions begin. And would you please bring all of our speakers on board as well? I'm Candace. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to ask a question, please press star and then one on your touchtone telephone. If your question has been answered and you wish to remove yourself from the queue, you may press the pound key. Those of you on the web may submit questions by clicking ask a question. And our first and question comes Yes. <laughs> comes from David I. Your line is now open. Um, hi there. Very informative session. Thank you very much. Um, one of the speakers, one of the doctors, said made the comment that um, after clean scans for six months after uh, the treatment, relapses are rare. Uh, can either doctor quantify that uh, comment and? How and what's the perspective if uh, what's the perspective for relapse if one has had 12 months of clean scans? Well, thank you, David, for that question. So I'm going to ask uh, Dr. Bartlett if she could address it in a general way, and then of course we encourage you to take this back to your treating healthcare team, who know you very well. Um, but it's an excellent place to ask this question. So, Dr. Bartlett, if you could address it in a general way. Yeah, I do think it's a great question, and unfortunately, I think um, we don't know the the precise answer to that because we haven't been using CAR T-cell therapy long enough to know how many patients are still going to be in remission at 18 months and 24 months and 36 months. So um, we do know that with time, 
the risk of having a relapse, at least during the time that we have been following patients, does drop off significantly after the six-month mark. But um, I will tell you, based on some of the studies that we have seen and that will be uh, at the upcoming ASH meeting and, and in publications that are upcoming uh, in major journals, that, that there are still a handful, and, and can I be very precise, um, not, I will estimate it at about 10% of the patients still uh, have a risk of relapsing after the six-month mark. I would say that would be a minimum of about 10% of patients. And in terms of after one year, I think we really don't have that information yet. Thank you. And um, so, David, if you take that in perspective, and everyone on the call, of course, and again, it's a good talking point for many of you with your healthcare team as well. Thank you. Um, and um, we have another telephone question, I believe. Um, Candace, yes. And our next question comes from Patty D. Your line is now open. Yes, this is a question about transformed lymphoma. Does a patient with transformed lymphoma have to have failed two treatments uh, for that transformed follicular lymphoma, or uh, do you accept one that has uh, failed one treatment, maybe the original treatment for the follicular and then transformed? What are the guidelines for transformed lymphoma, and what are the results? Well, thank you um, very much for that question, Patty, and I'm going to ask Dr. Palomba if you could address that question. Uh, so the second part of the question was about uh, uh, the uh, results uh, um, in transformed follicular lymphoma versus diffuse RHP cell lymphoma. I can tell you that those populations were analyzed together, uh, not separately uh, as a single entity, so we don't know that there is a difference between those two. Um, basically, we consider that transformed follicular lymphoma just a type of diffuse RHB cell lymphoma uh, for the purpose of, of these studies. Um, and in terms of uh, the number of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, treatment uh, uh, required, uh, I can tell you that on the clinical trials, uh, the first treatment that was given for follicular lymphoma, first or second or whatever number of treatments were given for the follicular lymphoma did not count. Um, so the patients needed to have failed two diffuse RHB cell lymphoma, so transformed lymphoma treatment. For the um, commercial product, we are probably, uh, you know, it, it really goes by case by case. Um, so if a patient has had uh, RCHOP uh, as their first chemotherapy for follicular lymphoma, um, and then relapses after the, the transformation, uh, then we would consider that patient. But if the patient has had only rituximab, for instance, uh, uh, that would not uh, uh, be considered a, you know, a, a treatment. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope that helps. Um, and, you know, again, please um, have many of you who will ask questions during the call and will have questions afterwards. We do want you to actually then ha continue your discussion about this with your healthcare team. We have a question now for Dr. Bartlett. Um, so the issue of no evidence of disease lasting 9 to 22 months in clinical trial, does that mean CAR-T doesn't actually cure the lymphoma? Yes, yeah, so that's a great question, and it's kind of back to the, the previous um, question that I answered, which is, you know, we are all very anxiously awaiting the long-term follow-up of these treatments, and the reason you see numbers like 9 to 22 months uh, published is because that's how long we've been following patients after this treatment. So I think those of us who use these treatments do feel very confident that there are patients who are cured with CAR T-cell therapy. But the, the questioner is absolutely right. Um, you know, certainly it's possible that we will start seeing later relapses um, when we follow patients longer, but that hasn't been our experience in patients who are maybe more than two years or more than three years, and there's even patients who are more than four years out who went on the, the very first patients on some of these trials. So we are very hopeful that there are patients who are cured with this therapy, but I think no one could 
could be absolute in saying that until we have longer follow-up on these treatments. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and um, another telephone question, um, uh, Candice. Our next, our next question comes from Jerry B. Your line is now open. Uh, hi. Thank you for taking my question. This is a very exciting new technology, and I've been uh, following it for the last uh, couple of years uh, through a support group that I belong to. Uh, my question is twofold. Uh, one is, uh, how does this procedure compare to the cost of um, an allogeneic uh, stem cell transplant as an alternative possible possibility? That's number one. Number two is, with the, with the heavy cost, 500 to 750, are you seeing insurers and specifically Medicare uh, willing to cover this, or are there um, a lot of uh, pushbacks for alternative treatments prior to receiving CAR T-cell? Excellent question, Sherry. Um, Dr. Bartlett, could you address that question or start with that question anyway? Uh, sure, I can try. Uh, so in terms of the comparison of the cost to uh, allogeneic stem cell transplant, um, I think it's still, uh, it's still more expensive. So we generally think numbers like between 300 and 400,000 for an allo transplant. There are some times when if patients don't have any complications that the, that the cost will be a little bit less than that. But I think a good number is probably in the $350,000 range for an allo transplant with all of the post-transplant care that's required and all of the medications those patients need to be on. So I think currently the CAR T-cell therapy is still, uh, you know, more expensive than that and maybe even twice as expensive. And in terms of the insurers, um, it's still very tough. I will tell you that um, most of the hospitals, um, because Medicare has not finalized their codes, if you will, for paying for CAR T-cell therapy, that many hospitals are um, proceeding with the procedure in Medicare patients with the understanding and hope that once those codes come out that they will be reimbursed, but I think um, that, you know, it's a little bit difficult to know. In terms of the private insurers, again, that's been very variable. So some insurers have been very quick to issue uh, approvals um, for the procedure and other ones that's been a much longer ordeal where the hospital uh, administrative personnel actually need to meet one-on-one -on -one with the insurance companies to develop um, single patient plans uh, for each one of these uh, patients getting CAR T-cell therapy. So this is something I think that we haven't faced in a long time in terms of the complexity of how to pay for this and who should pay for this and, and how you get approval for it. So it's going more smoothly, I think, than most of us would have thought uh, the way things first started several months ago. Uh, but I still think that it's it's taking longer than, than we would all like to get these approvals. And there are patients who have had uh, the procedure uh, de denied by the insurance. And um, Dr. Palumbo or, or uh, Ms. Attorney, do you want to add anything to that? Uh, well, I can tell you that uh, um, when the hospital needed to uh, prepare for the opening of the uh, commercial CAR T cells, uh, it was a, a very, very long process, and one of the processes was, uh, you know, how do we deal with insurance, and there was a task for, force created just for that reason. But yes, um, we are also um, basically taking a, a bet with the uh, um, Medicare patients and uh, uh, hoping that uh, Medicare will reimburse eventually the hospital, but offering the treatment, um, you know, to anyone who is Medicare, um, because uh, you know we can do it, but obviously at the risk of uh, uh, being reimbursed much less than what the actual costs uh, will be. Okay, thank you. Um, and we have a question in front of our online participants. Um, so um, what are the factors that oncologists use to determine whether Yaskarta or Camara is best for a patient? Dr. Palamba, could you address that question? Yeah, so 
nobody can tell which one is better in terms of efficacy because, first of all, they seem to be very similar in terms of response. But um, the one thing that we um, consider when uh, we are deciding which of the two products um, we'll be using for a specific patient are two things. Number one, um, the Yescarta uh, T-cells uh, only take about 17 days to be manufactured. Uh, so most patients uh, who do not have time because their disease is too aggressive uh, to, uh, um, you know, to uh, uh, receive a, you know, a, a cycle of chemotherapy and um, or can afford to just be treated right away, those patients uh, will preferentially receive uh, the uh, uh, Yescarta. On the other hand, Yescarta is clearly much more uh, neurotoxic than uh, uh, the other product, and so uh, patients who are elderly or who have had a history of, you know, any um, nervous system disease in the past um, or, you know, any distant history of stroke or anything like that, we would uh, rather avoid uh, the extra risk of neurotoxicity and we would prefer to give uh, the uh, um, Kimraya uh, product. So every patient basically is um, evaluated for morbidity, comorbidities and uh, for immediate need uh, for the CAR T cells versus the ability to wait a little longer. Thank you. Um, and for Dr. Bartlett, another online question. Can someone with CKD receive CAR-T therapy on stage three? So, just so, I'm sorry, can you repeat that again with kidney yes. disease, CKD? Was, was someone with said? CKD receive CAR-T therapy on stage three? Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, they uh, patients with... Um, that degree of kidney dysfunction would probably not have been eligible for any of the clinical trials, but we do have a little more flexibility with the commercial products now. So I think it would um, depend on uh, the sort of the precise function of the kidneys. And, and the reason we worry about the kidney function with giving CAR T-cell therapy, as, as Dr. Palumbo said about the cytokine release syndrome, that sometimes that can affect the kidneys. And um, if the kidneys already weren't working uh, just right, then there might be a more difficult um, process uh, when these side effects start happening. And the, in the very early trials, there were actually a few patients who ended up on dialysis. And um, thankfully, that was usually temporary and that the kidney function recovered. And we also sometimes see uh, a similar syndrome that causes weakening of the heart muscle, which then, then can completely recover. And it recovers fairly quickly. So I wouldn't say it would be an absolute contraindication. Um, if it was part of, a, if, you, if the patient was part of a clinical trial, then there's just you know, very precise rules. Your kidney function has to be X to participate, so there wouldn't be any leeway there. But with the commercial products, I'd say that there is some potential leeway there. Excellent. Um, and a question now for, we have a telephone question, so why don't we take that telephone question now? Yes. And our question comes from one of Kenneth R. Your line is now open. Yes, uh, my wife just uh, experienced uh, the CAR T therapy in July and had a complete response in four weeks, uh, having not had the six month scan yet. My question is I have a daughter with, which is a little out of lymphoma range, but if any one of your panelists could answer this, I would certainly appreciate it. My daughter is also suffering from cancer and she has a bundesial cancer and she's had it for four years. And my understanding is that there's a, a CAR T therapy. Uh, trials with mice going on at Thomas Jefferson University in Pennsylvania, and just wonder if anybody has any information on that as to whether human trials might be forthcoming for CAR T cell therapy for colorectal cancer patients. Well, thank you for that question, um, and also, um, uh, Dr. Bartlett, would you like to address that question in a general way, and then 
Yeah, I don't, I don't actually know about that trial specifically, and I apologize. I don't know uh, any specific data about colorectal cancer. I know that um, that there are trials ongoing or or just getting started, and um, in many types of cancer, what we call solid tumor cancer, so not necessarily a blood cancer, but things like lung cancer and colon cancer. So those things are definitely on the horizon. I can't give you any information about how hopeful uh, we are about those treatments and those diseases because I'm not familiar with the, with the preliminary data that's, that's coming out of the laboratory. So I apologize. I don't know that. I don't know if Dr. Palumba is familiar with that specific trial that he's discussing. No, I don't know of um, anything for uh, colorectal cancer. Uh, there are many uh, solid tumor uh, clinical trials available currently, uh, but and there might be. I just don't know about uh, uh, rectal cancer or colon cancer. Actually, I should just let our speaker know that we are doing a program um, in 2019 on colorectal cancer, and we have done some program in June on just general cartoon therapy covering all domains. So I think um, perhaps after the call, I could connect with you and um, give you that information. You could, we could have you try to research that information a little bit. So thank you for that question. And we have a, a question um, from one of our online participants, which will probably be our last question. Um, how many sites are, and this will be for Dr. Um, Palumba, how many sites are designated to provide CAR-T cell therapy? In the United States? Yes, I probably in the U.S. I don't know the exact number. Um, I know that all the major um, centers um, can uh, provide this type of therapy at this time, and some uh, uh, smaller centers are being uh, uh, licensed. Um, I can tell you that, it, as I said earlier, it's a very long process. Uh, it requires an enormous amount of coordination. And uh, uh, patient and uh, the centers have to be uh, uh, centers that are um, able to provide um, cellular therapies or transplant in general. Uh, but I don't know the exact number of the sites in the United States. But the NCI designated uh, many of the NCI designated sites. Dr. Butler, would you want to add? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. This is Nancy. I'm not sure either. Um, I think probably all the NCI designated cancer centers uh, do have this therapy available because they all have transplant available. Uh, I'm guesstimating that there's probably somewhere between 30 and 50 centers currently uh, available to do this, and uh, I think those numbers will certainly go up over the next couple of years as as the centers become um, approved for this procedure. And if anyone needs help locating a center near them, they can call the Lymphoma Research Foundation helpline, um, and they can help provide information on centers that are near them as well as how to access this treatment for them. Oh, excellent. So that's a wonderful resource. Well, I, you know, we could go on all afternoon, but we, we said this would be an hour program, and I want to thank our speakers. You've been phenomenal. I also want to thank all of you who queued up and asked questions. Um, and I know there are many more questions in queue, so I will tell you how to get your questions answered, although I think some of you may already have some ideas of how to get your questions answered, um, but we're going to pursue with that. But I do want to thank everyone on this call. Um, and um, so for those of you who still have questions, of course your healthcare team is a wonderful resource. Um, but we also have the Lymphoma Research Foundation, which really um, has a wonderful um, helpline center that you can simply call and get so much help from. So I would say that that would be a wonderful go-to place to all of you for getting really credible information. Um, if they don't know it, they will be able to refer you appropriately. So, and their number is 1-800-500-9976, their website, www.lymphoma.org. So definitely take advantage of that, um, that, all those resources. And again, you'll get that information at the end of the program. Also, um, you know, we don't want anyone to leave this call feeling you're alone. Perhaps, you know, in your community or your town, wherever you live, in the United States or worldwide, um, you may feel like you don't know anyone else who's coping with some of the issues you are. You now know that there are a lot of people who are coping with similar issues, and there are a lot of resources for you. 
Um, if you feel like talking to someone, if you wish to join a group, if you wish to call the Lymphoma Research Foundation, all of those options are open for you. Um, if you're having practical concerns, there's a place to call. So um, there are moments I know when all of you will feel alone. Sometimes it's in the middle of the night. Sometimes it can be during a very busy day. Um, but really know that there, is a place, there are places that you can simply call or you can go to their websites and you can feel connected um, and get this information. It's really important. Um, and um, also this happens at a time of year, um, certainly, uh, well, actually, it is a time of year when people talk about holidays. Lots of different holidays are happening between now and the beginning of the uh, next calendar year. And so to some extent, it can be a very, a time of, in addition to everything else you're coping with, it can be a time of, of stress for everybody as well. Um, we at Cancer Care now have a meditation app. Some people find it very useful. Um, they find it very helpful um, just to kind of have this app where they can have a relaxation exercise when they're feeling a little bit tense and they're seeing their doctor when they're undergoing treatment. They can have an exercise that they can do that can help them feel a little bit more comfortable. So do consider that as well. It's free. Um, and there are many other things like that that are available for all of you. And again, I want to just thank you all for your participation today. I want to thank, again, the Lymphoma Research Foundation. What a great resource for all of you. And I want to wish you all a very fine day. Thank you all. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your participation. This does conclude the workshop, and you may now disconnect. Everyone, have a great day.